Hello, my name is Lucy Lynch and I'm Head of Education at Eden Smith Group. I'm delighted to announce the beginning of my podcast series, which is entitled The Future of Work. I've been really curious to hear from different voices in our community, um, some people just starting out in their career um, and others that are uh, founders of companies. What I found most remarkable about doing this podcast series is that there are common strands uh, which delight me which are about creativity and curiosity and commitment and a real emphasis on soft skills and how so important they are uh, twinned with our technical abilities. Thank you so much and thank you for having me. Um, so I'm Orly, I'm 19. Uh, I'm a university student entering my second year at St Andrews and I'm studying English and film studies and also uh, dipping my toes into uh, archival research and the sort of entrepreneurial ecosystem that exists at my university. Amazing, amazing. And currently you're in Paris now, so I know that you're you're bilingual, you kind of grew up with a French and English kind of like background, which is great. And I know that, you know, from talking to you before that you've got a really sort of like curious um, sort of nature and you'd like to like you're doing like your research papers and what is it that what is it that kind of like inspires you you know you know what what kind of piques your interest like subjects and topics um well I think um ever since I like really started getting interested in what I could uh create and produce it's always about like telling stories um uh, ever since I did like, you know, there was a roaming schoolhouse system since I did uh, high school and middle school in France that we had this like prep or prep school to pass the exams to get in there. Um, and so where we did a lot of creative writing and putting on place and ever since I could start like sort of writing stories, that's something that I felt like I really wanted to stay into. And I've kind of kept that storytelling aspect in uh, everything that I've pursued. And I think what's been so great about university is I've realized the different forms that, that can take and that's why I've really been enjoying kind of delving into research a bit more and uh, doing projects and teams where um, it might not necess necessarily be my story but we're linking different stories that exist or shining a light on stories that have been forgotten or uh, have not received uh, you know the proper sort of um, they've not been a light hasn't been shone on them shown on them like the way that I that could have been um I guess that's what I've been okay. really interested in okay amazing and I saw that you in 2017 that you'd um you'd got first place in the young authors fiction festival and you'd submitted a story tell me a little bit about that um, so that was, um, I discovered what YAF is, which is the Young Lose Fiction Festival through um, my teachers in my uh, middle school and high school. And um, I had been writing a lot of short stories just for fun on the side. Um, and then I, I thought I, you know, I'd really go for it and uh, write something like, I don't know, out of my comfort zone experiment. And it, it I didn't expect to win whatsoever because um, I'd written a bit of a disturbing story and I was like 12, 13 and I, I didn't really know if that's like, I didn't really know what was expected uh, of you. And then to hear the, the feedback uh, when they gave the awards where, um, I don't know, kind of getting such positive feedback about doing something that 
I felt like, oh, I'm not maybe doing what's expected of me to like get a good grade, for example. Uh, that was really inspiring of seeing like, okay, I can kind of just like create what I want to create and kind of see where that then takes me. I thought I thought that was uh, probably the the best thing that I learned from that experience. Wow. So from that com so from that conversation, that the kind of vibe that I'm getting is that you know you're you're not a person that's kind of grown up in this world that's trying to fit into a particular stereotype or norm you're just kind of going with your creativity and letting that steer you wherever that could be and not looking at stereotypical norms and thinking right I need to write this because that's what's going to be expected of a 12 13 year old so I think that tells an amazing story of and, and fills me with such positivity and hope because um, the way I see for the future sure I think well you know what could it look like how how is it going to feel how are we all going to work together how are we going to you know reside together in a hopefully a far, fairly you know um uh harmonious kind of like life and what I really liked about what you're saying is that you're you're not going with the norm and you're just going with your gut and going with your creativity and letting that steer you which I think is you know tremendous because when I think about the world and technology, for example, you know, because that's the world that I work in, I think about how we're going to find solutions for things, for, for problems and world problems and massive, like large scale, you know, conundrums um, that you think, you know, somebody, some scientist locked away in an ivory tower is going to fix them. It's going to go, da, here's mm. the solution. But actually, it it doesn't actually have to be like that. And it could be that we're creating the next generation of people that are going to be living, you know, the future, but they're actually doing it in a really clever way because they're actually going with, with their creativity first, which I think is highly significant and really important. So when you're talking about um, stories, can I just ask, and this is a bit of a on the spot, what's your favourite or what was your favourite story growing up as a child? Is it something that I would know? Um, or maybe not? Well, I, when I was young, I really, I really um, enjoyed Roald Dahl and uh, like uh -huh. the Tales of the Unexpected. I, I really liked um, and I just I enjoyed how like weird uh, it was. And then in terms of like movies, my favorite uh, movie as a child um, was always Bridget Tarabithia which is okay. you know not the most positive movie but um I, I was it was genuinely I couldn't like rewatching I rewatch it during confinement and I hadn't seen it years but I, I realized I had watched it so much as a kid that I could remember like the specific sounds like when he's like drawing on his like shoe or um like just the specific sounds and images that happen in the movie just completely um you know like left an impact so I just think like I don't know, kind of like strange worlds are like a mix of uh, real and um, imaginary, but you can't quite tell like the line between the two. Um, I've always really enjoyed. So I, th I think that those are kind of my, my favorite types of stories. So I don't know if you meant like really like childhood, like kids. Uh, no, that's okay. That's, yeah. that, that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, and with, with that, when we talk about you know that kind of like the strange worlds like kind of surreal worlds and what's real and what's not when when you think about the future because my version of the future like I I remember watching like Blade Runner 
like mm. years and years ago when I was a teenager and thinking oh my god this is like love Ridley Scott films and I was just mm-hmm. like blown away right and that was like that was the future when I was a teenager and what what is your you know kind of view of how the world might look in the future for you well I guess to kind of bounce back on what you were talking about before about um you know sort of how do you make a difference is this sort of like scientist in a room or just like going with your gut mm-hmm. um the way I see it is um it, it's gonna I feel like for a long time we've felt like um you know that there's there's been this kind of wave of like you need to master technology and understand that because that's the future and now with kind of the revolution with AI there there's this I think this, especially when you see the um, the strikes going on in the like film industry because of the talk of having scripts written by AI or sets written that are created by AI. Mm-hmm. I think we've kind of decided, um, at least, like I think we've we've I feel like we've kind of decided as a society that like that's not possible. That there's no like we're we're missing something there. That like a set that's created by AI, we're always going to have something that's familiar that you're not going to feel like you're innovating. Uh, I feel like that's the mm-hmm. conclusion that we've come to. And so I feel like the lines between technology and creation are being blurred more. I don't know if we're quite there, but I see that that as kind of being the um, kind of final outcome. But Because at least in France, all my friends that are French are doing sciences. And then when I went to St. Andrews, all my friends that are, are that are close to me now are like doing humanities. And then when I hear them, like the ones that do sciences, their motivations are not that different at all from those doing humanities or more like creative disciplines. And they are also just the my like friends doing maths and physics are also don't really know where that's going to lead them. But are following their gut because this is what interests them. This is what they're good at. And they they feel like that's what they need to follow. Um, Mm -hmm. And then just generally, I think with social media. uh, We kind of have to both be able to be creative sort of know how to create aesthetics as a new form of like communicating uh but then also need to have a basic understanding of technology to be able to continue that communication so i just think that that blurring of lines of what's like like humanities and sciences just kind of not being so separated that's kind of how i see it and did you did you say or did I mis, mis, misunderstand that we were saying about, you know, using um, AI would make you feel that you're not innovating because you're 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 utilizing technology, whereas you would have maybe, you know, re- reached a different conclusion if you weren't using, if you weren't not relying, but utilizing AI. Is so there I- a thing there or or not? I don't think that you're not like creating or not innovating if you use AI like that's not what I mean to say because um Uh I I mean obviously like I just well let me think of how to like explain this like even if I I do digital art so I like use procreate that's using AI but it's just a new like medium and it allows and I had so much fun with it because I feel like okay now I get to experiment and try a whole host of different things like visually that I couldn't have done and then for example like animation or or I mean video games Mm -hmm. that's obviously like you you have to I I don't think I'm not saying that using technology is, is not creative but I think that we've we've this we have this I think what the strikes in the cinema world show is that like we can't 
solely depend on it like we can't just ask it to create a set and then a script yeah. and then characters like we we need that like we need that sort of human, human. Uh, yeah like a human Aspect. component that it mm-hmm. needs to be like a tool and not a replacement yeah. and so that's what I mean in kind of like sciences and um the like creative world kind of like blending um together is that like they're they're complementary tools and interdisciplinary tools are not separate disciplines I think that's what yeah. I want to say okay no that that's great and definitely I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago and I'm very much of the opinion that you know that te- technology should enhance our experience in the world as citizens right um but also uh, when we think about technology as well, I'm also a big advocate for m- hoping that, you know, there are systems set in place that everybody can access technology as well to enhance their experience in the mm. world, because that's another kind of bias thing. If you're you know, in a certain socioeconomic background, you might not be able to access things. And and I, that if I was to say, you know, I'm going to ask you in a, in a second you know what what keeps you up at night what keeps me up at night definitely is that I I, I worry that um you know that that the playing field is not is not is not clear you know is not open uh, for everybody to access and when I think of smart cities and all these things that I you know I'm deeply passionate about and very very interested in mm. but it's very much about from a citizen perspective from you know from an elderly perspective from a disabled perspective how is everybody that lives mm. in our in our world you know going to be able to access smart technology and things if they don't have wi-fi or if they don't have a smartphone or they can't scan a qr code like how how does that how does that all work you know I was in a in a park in central London uh the other day and there was a new splash pool like for kids um it's in one of the poorest boroughs in in London and you could only access it if you could you know scan a QR code go on to the website do all these things and I just thought of well that's great if you've got access to those things but if you don't what are you going to do and Mm. I just felt there's another also generation of of, of kids growing up in the world where they where they don't have that possibility to access like obviously in the UK but also worldwide so what do we do about that so they're questions that keep me up at mm. night but 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 what, what about you what keeps you up at night like worrying about stuff I mean obviously I don't want you to be worrying about stuff and not sleeping because <laughs> you need to sleep to have a good mental well-being but <laughs> if you did what what does that look like to you well, first, I just want to like echo what you were talking about, and that it just reminded me of that that Ken Loach movie, My Name Is Daniel Blake, mm-hmm. where it's like all about that. That was a deeply troubling movie. Very, um, very troubling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I cried so much. Oh yeah, no, that was horrible. I guess it kind of links to I guess what what keeps me up at night, or the kind of conversations I always end up having with my friends, which I feel like for me, what troubles me and I think is kind of like what what I personally feel is kind of the cause of um, technology or AI all these things kind of going in a direction that's not inclusive or not looking to you know empower people as a whole is kind of what we were talking about the lot the first time that we met you know where we were talking about ambition um, and kind of our objectives or what we think should be our objectives as individuals and then as 
you know, as companies or like, I feel like we have a big misconception of like what that means or where that's supposed to lead. And we have this kind of, we, we, we go about life with this like final objective of success that's really kind of not realistic or not actually fulfilling um, and is also just not really achievable and I find that our ways of conceiving ambition is completely you know defined by numbers um, and I was talking with a, a math student at my university where we were having this conversation and I was complaining about you know uh, like from when you start in the education system like your level of success is defined by grades by numbers like that constantly from preschool middle school high school then you get your final grade that determines where you can go to university and then still you continue to have grades and then that is translated on social media obviously with this I mean I'm not saying anything groundbreaking but with likes and followers and and such and then with money that's such a like all these numbers, how much you're supposed to make, how much you're, how many likes you're supposed to get, what grades you're supposed to get, like everything is numbers. And we are having this chat with a, this, this math student. She told me like, yeah, like numbers are great, but they can't like translate empathy. And I thought that was like such a like mm -hmm. aha moment when she explained that. Because um, I think that's our issue is we've defined success in a language that can't express empathy. And I think that that leads everything to kind of as a consequence be a little bit corrupted by it that that's kind of yeah. what keeps me up at night <laughs> yeah and I, I think completely that's that's completely bang on so yeah definitely empathy um I read and I've posted before on on you know different platforms about empathy being one of the number one skills that you know we need to have you know in our boardrooms in our teams you know we need to be building our teams where people can empathize and see another person's you know side of the street you know rather than just looking at what's in in front of us what's ahead of us and how is that going to affect our bottom line so that's 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 a great um that's a great kind of shout out and when we think about if we're talking about work and we're thinking about jobs and companies and ideals so that leads me nicely on to one of my questions I wanted to ask you was that you know obviously you know in Smith Light, we're obviously part of the staffing business and we, we deal with job descriptions like hundreds of them, you know, every day, every month. And I wonder from your perspective, you know, what what does a good job description look like? What How does that sing to you if you see a job that's advertised or would you see a job that was advertised on a job, job description, do you think? Like, do you think do you think they're a, like an outdated form? Do you think there's a different way to communicate with with your generation and it's not just about having a piece of paper that says x y and z and and still a lot of companies don't even put the start salary you know so mm. you don't even know where to pitch yourself which is horrendous in 2023 that not all companies do that because they absolutely should mm. um and I just wonder like what what do you think about that well, as I'm just like starting to get in the world of reading job descriptions and mm -hmm. seeing, OK, I want to apply for that or I don't want to apply for that. The ones that I think I, I really enjoy the ones that say like, you know, um, when they explain like essential skills, not necessary skills, but, you know, would be nice to have. And and they, they yeah. kind of put it like a, 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 you know, a description of sort of what what sort of person might be interested in the role um, and sort of what sort of 
personality makeup or skills of makeup of skills they need to have. I think that's always useful. Um, but I think personally, the jobs that I'm that I see and I'm like, yes, this is like absolutely for me are the ones where I can tell they're going to kind of give you the leeway to be innovative, um, mm. to, you know, kind of give you an objective, but then give you the room to present maybe solutions to problems that they might not even know they had. I always find that really exciting mm-hmm. when they uh, when there's descriptions about that. Always, when Obviously, when they, there's any sort of hint towards creation, I jump on that, whether that's like marketing, storytelling, uh, visual, create, like anything at all. Like I, I always jump on that. Um, but I think when you can tell that there's going to be this sort of, you know, room to actually be able to present something that you feel like is worth something um and yeah. is not I actually think the less strict description there is of the job the my, maybe the more exciting it is because you feel like you might be able to kind of make it your own thing I don't know if that makes uh, yeah. like complete sense because I'm still trying to understand mm-hmm. what that world is but then obviously like in research which is something that I'm trying to like as much as I can get into at university uh in terms of job wise uh, I, I feel like that's a place where you kind of get that more of that uh, space, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think, you know, the whole thing of creativity. So that's something that I've been, you know, I feel, you know, myself personally, that I I love being creative and, you know, draw and paint and write and, you know, uh, play the piano. Mm. And but also it's like, um so if I didn't have some creativity in my life, I'd go, oh, my God, what am I doing? Right. You know, it's like mm. just want to be part of it. And obviously I work in the data science world and IoT, but I'm always talking about the arts and saying that technical students should absolutely go to the art galleries, go to the theatre, absorb themselves in, you know, like stuff that is just out there to be absorbed and stuff. Because I always say that will make your technical work absolutely more compelling and more creative because you're absorbing some richness that you're not just going to get from a textbook um mm. uh, and a long time ago I worked in a telecoms company where it was probably more well, I don't know 12-15 years ago and they had a creativity room now at the time it was like revolutionary there was like you had to take your shoes off and you go in and it was like all white it was almost like everybody was wearing white and everyone was looking like they worked in Muji and it was all very free-flowing and amazing Mm. and very zen Uh, I loved it and it was all just like whiteboards and they just had all these marker pens and they could just draw and just you know work out you know stuff to do with telecoms I don't really know but it was a really kind of fun place a bit like a childhood you know thing where you could just go and write on the walls and it was like oh I quite like this Mm. and now as I'm older I think when I think of creativity and finding solutions to things actually you know and also you know after we've been in lockdown and pandemic which obviously changed the way that maybe we solve problems as well is that I find that I was wanting to step away and from my desk and I don't ever find my solutions sat you know at a computer for me I just don't do, I don't anymore like I need to be outside I need to be you know walking or doing gardening I need to be doing something with my hands this is maybe just a personal thing but I find my best creative moments or solution like finding a solution to something that aha moment comes mm-hmm. when I'm maybe 
doing a new recipe or I'm just, you know, gone into the cupboard and gone, what could I make for dinner? And then I find something and I go, oh, my God, that's the answer to this problem that I've got that's been driving me insane. And now I've found, and I don't know, I think for myself, maybe it's an age thing, but it's just something stepping away from the normal is actually making me more creative. And I also yeah. found that quite, you know, empowering. Um, and I also just wonder, you know, like how, how, you know, uh, you know, people, people like you will, will solve problems, you know, and how do you, what do you need? You know, what can companies do to equip you with the right, with the right, you know, skills and spaces and technology to kind of help you, you know, um, find those solutions? That's also just something I was interested in, if you had any thoughts on that. Um, well, I, I, I was having it, like a think about it and sort of like, okay, what, what would I feel would be like the environment where I feel like I could, you know, be the most um, productive in a positive way um and i i i kind of thought about because I, I did this internship over the summer um where i had to coach students with two other coaches on um our careful research where the objective at the end was that they created um they did a creative output of that like kind of summed up their research they chose to do it in the form of a leaflet um and the skills that we had to learn was to yeah you know help them along but also know when to step back so that they could you know sort of surprise you with what they come up with that's something that we really had to learn was to like not try and hold the hand of the person all the way to the end goal that you see mm -hmm. for them but to kind of give them the tools that they need to let them yeah really surprise you in what they, they can create um and uh, I had a session with them where I was tasked with kind of coaching them on the visual design side of what they were going to create. Um, and what I ended up telling them was to like, because they were struggling with Canva and all these different tools and they wanted to start with Canva and PowerPoint. But what they were, they wanted to create a leaflet and that's at the end going to be something physical. So I told them to leave Canva and PowerPoint alone, take an actual piece of paper, fold it in the form that they wanted, try different things, take a pencil, see how things look. And once they've done that physical aspect, then scan that, put that in PowerPoint Canva mm -hmm. and, and see where you go from there. Yeah. And they ended up like, like really surprising me in how amazing the output ended up looking at, like and how complex the leaflet kind of technical side of it looked like. And then they ended up using Procreate, which I really encouraged them to do because that, that's what I did for my research poster. And then to, you know, do all the design aspects on that and then kind of rearrange it on PowerPoint. That's mm -hmm. less of a hassle. And they ended up doing something so unique and so gorgeous. And I, I kind of feel like maybe that's a sort of mentality or environment environment that, that companies should look at is like give the tools, give the piece of paper and the and you know the software, and then just let the person fold that piece of paper in yeah, all the different yeah. ways and options that they can. And I feel like you get, you know, you get to something way more exciting. And if they stayed only on Canva, sort of like going through the like set, you know, designs that they could come up with, that would have been way less unique, would have not told the same story that they were telling there. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think that's kind of might be able to be, you know, transposed to what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's that freedom, right, to experiment, to, to, to get things wrong 
on Belfast to be like it's okay right and 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 it's all right and if it goes wrong you just start again and I think you know I've talked about this before written about it about you know some some students I work with obviously hundreds of students you know <laughs> at different points in their lives and it's like some people you know it's sometimes it's quicker and sometimes it's slower for other people and it doesn't mean it's a race it's just that's just where they are at that moment and we mm. have to give time people time to breathe and to find their way you know yeah. um in a way in, in a way obviously we always need to be productive but you need to be able to give them those skills and uh, those tools to be able to um access that and so i think that's 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 really important and i think um i was I was just thinking about I'm going to move away from job descriptions, but I also wondered what your thoughts might be about, you know, company benefits. Like, so years and years ago, you know, you, you felt like, or after the pandemic, you might think that you're, you know, you've got a job and you've got sick pay, and you're like, oh, that's great, and I get some maternity leave, amazing. Uh, and and now there's like adoption leave, so for people like me, that was like amazing, and you're like, great. Um, but you know, a benefit to um a different person from a different you know generation what does a benefit look like to you you know the, the you know the world is like trialing or well, not the whole world but some companies are trialing a four day week you know um which on, on one level i think oh is that, is, is that a great idea we're now doing more flexible working we do hybrid working have you got any thoughts on 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 benefits like and what what does an, what does a tangible benefit does it what does it really feel like to have a benefit what well, would that look like to you? I don't know if I'm gonna I, I hope this is relevant to to what you're asking um but I, I guess the way I'm I'm taking that is to what I feel it might be more relevant um to me is like the mental health um conversation something mm -hmm. that um I thought for a really long time especially for how ruthless my experience was in the French system uh doing like um international uh, baccalaureate option and sort of like how much work we had how much pressure I felt like I had on myself um, um, I felt like I couldn't couldn't I didn't have time to not be okay like I genuinely that was just not in my timetable I just did not have the time you go to your teachers like when you're in those like last two years of high school you tell them I'm like I'm like I'm not going to be I'm, I'm I'm not okay like I'm really struggling I, I can't I, like that that's not an option like your essay is you the next day like you hand in that like you know what I mean and you, I, I felt like that was only fair of like I, I don't have time to not be okay I don't have time to acknowledge the issues that I'm dealing with I need to hand in what I have to hand in I need to achieve what needs to be achieved I need you know and if I wanted to take care of what I was going through or what I was struggling with that was going to be at the cost of my academics and that was like a choice that I would have had to make um, and one that I saw let oh, so you know my friends also to a lot of hardship and not just myself of like that's an active choice you have to make like of what you're kind of putting first and going to university that's when I finally realized well that that the, the environment it, they created for me was that I didn't have to make that choice I don't know if that's the case obviously for all universities but I think I'm really lucky in the in the fact that I realized that oh I can communicate to my teachers or to my tutors what I'm going through what is like happening and they will offer me the support that I need will give me the time that I need um, I'll still produce 
what needs to be you know handed in but I'll do it in a time where I can do something that I'm proud of without it being at the expense of my well-being um and then also there's like we have um services in place like the student student services where you can reach out and you'll get like free counseling sessions and things like that mm -hmm. and I think that's something that that is so important because I finally felt like oh I don't need to you know either be a hundred percent okay to be able to achieve what I want to achieve or completely ignore the fact that I'm not okay so I can still achieve what I want to achieve I can not be okay be working on that yeah and still achieve things um mm -hmm. that I'm proud of and I, I, like yeah. it, because otherwise you have this sort of like shame thing of like I, I just cannot acknowledge what this whole like personal thing going on because it's irrelevant to what I want to do when it's not at all um and yeah. I think that's that was a hard lesson to learn because I it wasn't it wasn't something that I had the opportunity to realize until like this year right okay and so and obviously I'm really you know sorry empathize that you know you went through that and I know that we'd spoke, spoken about you know your time you know doing um at the back that and 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 doing that and I know that was really really hard going on you and obviously you've come through and I spoke to you a few months ago and you're obviously on the other side of it which is which is great um and so you know picking up from that you know in a work environment for the future for yourself are you saying then you know to be people you know from from, from this generation they need to be able to open up and own these feelings right and how they're actually feeling in their mental well-being and it be a safe space to do that 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 is like super super important and we need to embrace that um which doesn't take away from our productivity but it just gives us a, an option a channel in order mm -hmm. to be able to self-regulate right which is super important and to be able to carry on but also find a way to get support and we're not doing this you know probably from my parents' generation of just bottling things up, pushing things down, you know, and just carrying on as normal because that's what we do, right? Yeah. Um, are you saying that there's more of a higher awareness of, of this and how, you know, absolutely um, necessity, like of a, of a necessity it is to be able to have these, these kind of spaces um, and support services in place in a work environment? Yeah, and I think it kind of links back to what, when we were talking about empathy. Is like, I don't, I, I don't. For I think there's this misconception that um, our generation has, you know, more. There's more like mental health issues in our generation. Well, obviously, there's not. It's like what you're saying. Like, um, it's just there was not this sort of empathy with ourselves and between each other to to be open about it in past generations, which would lead to more burnout, which would lead to more unhappiness, and now there's this push to kind of confront um, those issues uh, and have that empathy with each other and with ourselves. I think it's especially with ourselves um, because I think we, I mean, at least how I felt is like this fear of like, okay, if I say that I'm struggling with what I'm struggling with, then people are not going to think I'm capable of doing the things that I want to mm -hmm. do and they're not going to give me the yeah. opportunities that I want. So I, I can't say I'm going through what I'm going through. But if there's like there's a proof of empathy existing um without it you know you know putting in question your capability of doing what you're able to do 
Um, exactly. I think Claire. if there's that sort of environment created in companies, that would be to the benefit of everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of taking away that fear of judgment, you know, and fear of being shamed, fear of it taking, you know, from, uh, you know, any future promotions. How How is that person then going to be able to cope if we give them more responsibility? They're just not able to do it. And you want to take all of that away and just be able to be yourself, right? Bring your whole self, be yourself. And sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, sometimes you're in the middle, but mm. you just need to be able to be honest, right? And so honesty, um, empathy, and, you know, this, um, I guess this freedom to express ourselves is, is a good kind of roundup. These are the, these are the three core skills that we think, you know, will make the next generation of, of workers, whatever that might look like, you know, be a more, oh, you know, a, a good, happy, productive workforce, which is, you know, we're all still going to be working, hopefully, and, the, mm-hmm. you know, the bots and the robots weren't taken over, but by 2050, apparently the research is saying is that the whole world of work is going to look remarkably different. A mm-hmm. lot of the jobs that we're doing now will be transformed. We're already seeing that, you know, with a lot of the tech giants like doing different things and you go into a supermarket and, or I went into a, a restaurant the other day and normally I'd go and order at the counter and now there's like you know a computer and then you do it and then I always have 10 million problems getting to that and then I always have to ask someone for help and then I'm like oh why can't I just have that human experience mm-hmm. I, I'm just of this generation but I really love the social interaction the human experience people asking how's your day mm-hmm. how are you today <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I'll quite miss that if that changes but maybe you know there will be robots with empathy who knows <laughs> Um, that'll be that'll be delivering your mail in in a different way. I don't know. Um, but Which yeah, I think you. Um, my last. Yeah, exactly. And so my last my last question would be, um, um, what are your hopes and dreams? I know that's a big one. Um, well, I think that's something that I'm, you know, um, I'm trying obviously to still figure out, and um, I think there's probably not a time where we maybe have figured it out um but I guess it is to, to come back to the very beginning it's to like follow my gut um I knew I know that I want to you know create creative direct like that's what I'm that's what I thrive the most in that's what I've always loved doing that's what I've always managed to do in whatever form it's taken um all the time um and so I want to do that and I have no idea where it's going to take me. I mean, I started when I was 11, I was like, oh, I, I really want to make movies. And then now I'm, you know, doing English at film at St. Andrews. I, I don't know what sort of movies I would like to make or how or whatever, but I'm I'm just trying to dip my toes in everything, experiment and see where it leads me. And I think my hope and dream is to have undone the damage of what I thought success was for a very long time and what I was taught success was to actually just be, you know, happy and motivated with just doing what feels like right, right now. Um, I guess that um, that's, that's the main one. And to just finish on what you were uh, mentioning as well about, you know, the future looking like bots sort of taking over all these jobs I think that's also why it's so important that this line between art and science is blurred 
because I think that's probably our only way to make sure that we're not unhappy in that world is that if we're still using technology in tandem always with creativity and letting those two worlds kind of like melt into each other um, I think Mm -hmm. we're bound to still um, find ways to be um, you know happily uh, producing and creating yeah yeah I I absolutely second that and uh, you know I've got young kids and um, you know I'm from this creative background and you know very different kind of like squiggly kind of career and then I end up you know working for a data consultancy and I'm like wow how did how, how did that happen and having to reinvent myself and find my way in technology has been a really steep learning curve but really enjoyable and what I say to my kids you know is that if you put yourself right in the heartbeat of what what's going on it's less scary so for someone like me that does find it a bit scary but I constantly making myself feel comfortable being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. that's also a massive a massive massive like skill um uh, it's almost like a treat that I've given myself permission to do that because I used to just be uncomfortable and then hate it thinking I just haven't got it right and and I've given myself permission that's okay it's all right and now I'm just I'm more happy being uncomfortable because I'm just like this is what the futures are going to feel like mm. I, I better just get I just better get on with the program really and just be okay with it because just you know got to keep stretching yourself and not be scared of stuff but if mm. I keep putting myself in the middle of it and then I'll keep learning and like I said about pace sometimes quickly sometimes slowly it's okay it's not a race right we just want to be happy enjoying it you know and so yeah I'll just I'll just finish on that and I think it's been wonderful having you um with me 